Verstappen, who's won 31 races since the start of last season. Round the outside of that corner goes Max Verstappen to take the chequered flag and win the Mexico City Grand Prix. And it is 16 wins this season for Max Verstappen and another record smashed by the three-time world champion. Verstappen's going to come home right now for second place. Charles Leclerc started on pole, will take third. Daniel Ricciardo is still chasing George Russell. It's a round of applause at Mercedes for Lewis Hamilton. They would dearly love Russell to stay ahead of Ricciardo as well. It's 11 races in a row that Leclerc started on pole and hasn't managed to take the victory. His teammate Carlos Sainz takes fourth. Lando Norris, brilliant drive, takes fifth. George Russell, stout defence right at the end. Ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, Russell finishes sixth, sixth. Ricciardo finishes seventh, and that was a cracking drive from him too. Ah, oh, Crofty, a little slip up there towards the end. Uh, there is the finish. Uh, only a few minutes ago, actually, the Mexico Grand Prix. A terrific race, uh, won by Max Verstappen. Again, that's a that's a fair stat that Charles Leclerc, when he starts in pole position on the podium, he doesn't finish on top of the podium at the end. Let's bring in Tim Hodges. He's our motorsport man. It was a big weekend of motorsport, both here and in Mexico, the Mexico Grand Prix. And Tim joins us now to talk us through it. Hello, Tim. Uh, hi, Jacob. It's uh, an amazing weekend of a sport of all sorts, but especially mm. motorsport. And uh, to, have, to, have, to have two Australians on the Formula One grid this weekend was something, and to have both in the points uh, even better. So, yeah, terrific performances. Uh, the Max Verstappen show just keeps on rolling on 16 wins in one season. is just... Um, is incredible, is ridiculous, is something I hope we never see again. And as, uh, as impressive as it is, it's also slightly a bit damaging for, for the sport to have one guy so much more dominant than the rest. No doubt, no doubt. A sweet 16, as you say, for Max Verstappen. But uh, let's hope that next year and beyond, it's a little bit more of an even playing field. Um, we might start with Dan Ricciardo and Oscar Piastri because they finished 7th and 8th in the standings at the end. And it was a great battle all the way to the line there, as we heard with George Russell from Mercedes and, and Dan Ricciardo. Uh, Russell finished in sixth, but, um, gee, behind Max Verstappen, there was a fair bit of jostling right through the race. Yeah, and you only had to look at the, the face of Toto Wolff, the boss of Mercedes in the pits, as uh, Daniel Ricciardo in an Alfa Tori was trying to track him down and almost pass him in the closing stages, like the embarrassment of that. And remember that Ricciardo is driving for, statistically, the worst team in the competition right now. And the fact that he put it on the second row in qualifying, started from P4. He acknowledged after qualifying that it was probably a few spots better than even he could have dreamt of. He was never going to, to stay in that position, unfortunately. Um, but to finish seventh, to finish points, is just a... I mean, that's a huge victory for Ricardo, who... Um, and I'm sure we'll get to Sergio Perez in a little bit, uh, Jacob, but, but I think the way things are going, if it wasn't for the broken hand Ricardo had had earlier this season when he did get his Formula 1 reprieve and the recall to this team, I think he would have firmed even more to take that Red Bull seat next year. But the fact that Sergio Perez is going like a complete bastard, I mean, he looks like a, a washed-up driver. He looks desperate. You only had to look at what he did on the opening turn of that race to see just how poorly he's driving. So I just think Sergio Perez is doing himself out of a drive at the most dominant team in the sport. And Daniel Ricciardo is next in line and the most logical person to take that role to be Max Verstappen's teammate as soon as next year. So, you know, a result like this for Dan is uh, a godsend, really, to to, a, to a qualified as well as he did yesterday and then to race as impressively as he did today with a car that is clearly inferior to every car around him in that top ten is 
you know, it's bloody impressive. And it's great to see from the West Aussie. Well, devastating for Sergio Perez, as you say. I mean, it was his home Grand Prix. He crashed out at turn one, and he's out of the race. One of uh, four drivers who failed to finish the race. But, um, yep, for Perez, that's the latest almost nail in the coffin, potentially, Tim. Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, and the fact that, um, you know, he they were record... Like, it seems like we say, we say this every week, Jacob, the record crowds at a Formula One race, like, they all came to watch Sergio Perez... Such is, I mean, he's a godlike figure in Mexico. He didn't qualify well, uh, you know, on the third row of the grid. Um, but then he was inside of the lead at the first turn. But it was a, at the end, it was a kamikaze move by a guy who was, you know, he's racing desperately. He saw a, he saw a hole. He saw a potential to be first leading into the first turn, and he went for it, even though the, the chances were so slim of him making it. There was just nowhere for, for Charles Leclerc, the pole sitter, to go in the end. They made contact, and unfortunately, Sergio Perez's race was over by the first turn. Uh, it was desperately unfortunate for the enormous crowd of over 130,000 people that were there, you know, basically just to see Sergio Perez go well and hope that he could turn around his form slump. But the fact that it was over within, you know, less than a kilometre this morning, I just think it's just another dagger for him. So uh, the chances of him grow slimmer and slimmer. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if his papers are already marked that he will be finished at the end of this season. He would have to be winning races in the final few races of the year to have any hope of keeping that drive for next year, which I think is so slim. It's, uh, it's so unlikely. So, you know, I, I think they'll either say to him, you can you can call this, you can retire and go out gracefully, or we'll dump you. Um, and that's why I think, you know, every... Every good performance by Daniel Ricciardo, every time he puts his bum in that Formula 1 car for the rest of this season, is going to be enormously helpful for him to try and land Red Bull next year. Imagine if we've got Daniel Ricciardo in a Red Bull, the most dominant team in the sport, and you've got Oscar Piastri in a McLaren, the team on the rise for next year, both in race-winning machinery. That's going to be... um, unbelievably, um, I don't want to go too far, but, you know, imagine if it happens, it would be awesome. So I hope it does, and it's certainly looking like it's getting closer and closer. What a whirlwind year for, for Daniel Ricciardo it would be if that's how it finishes up in, in 2024, from where he started as a reserve driver and now getting a drive for the back half of the season, then an injury, and, and now he finds himself finishing with points at a Grand Prix and in the top 10. It's just been a remarkable roller coaster for a guy who's had his fair share of ups, but mainly before this year, a few downs. Oh, unbelievable roller coaster. I mean, to be honest, Jacob, for both Aussies in the field, like from Oscar Piastri, where he was at the start of the year, where they, could, you know, they couldn't even start that McLaren at, at the opening Formula 1 practice. The fact that they were embarrassed in the opening two races of the year, um, and then you saw the rise of him. The, the Daniel Ricciardo, the fact that he was, um, you, you know, dumped for Piastri at the end of last year, his confidence was, I mean, it wasn't low. It was completely shot. It was non-existent. He basically retreated and, and hid for, for the summer period just because he was so mortified. And then he was made the, the reserve driver at Red Bull. Um, you know, he didn't even want to show his face at the opening few races of the year. You know, so he was so embarrassed. Then the chance came that he could jump in that Alpha Tori and have actual race miles, which was going to be so beneficial for him. He had some good showings and things were looking good because, as you know, he was back and he's much loved by Red Bull. And, you know, Perez was just going worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where I think, you know, the ultimate indignity came this morning. 
Then you throw in the fact that he did bust his hand, which you know came at the worst timing possible. But the fact that he's been able to get back and you know, I think the holy grail came for him yesterday. I mean, that Alpha Tori has no right being really in the top ten in qualifying. But the fact he was on the second row, fourth beside Max Verstappen was insane, really. So, just goes to show that Ricardo, pound for pound, is still as good as anyone in that field. He just has to have some decent machinery underneath him, which he hasn't had for so much of his career, from the Renault days where that was a, an absolute pig. The McLaren was, you know, just the wrong move for him, even though he got a race win there. Uh, the Alphatore is clearly not very good, but if he can land in that Red Bull next year, I mean, uh, wouldn't that be something to be in the best car on the grid? Amazing, yep, and would uh, continue the, the great story that is Daniel Ricciardo uh, in Formula One, uh, a, a favourite uh, around the, the world and particularly here being a, a West Aussie. Tim Hodges is with us. We're chatting the Mexican Grand Prix, which only wrapped up a matter of 20 minutes or so ago, another win for Max Verstappen uh, from uh, Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. Uh, Charles Leclerc, um, that stat was rather damning, that when he starts on pole, he doesn't go on to win the race. Statistics show us, and that was the same here. Started at the front of the grid, and eventually Max Verstappen overwhelmed. Yeah, it's just um, that Ferrari was good over one lap, and you saw that yesterday in qualifying. It was a, a you know two scintillating laps by both Ferraris to be on the front row, uh, but unfortunately they just it's not a good enough race car at the moment, that Ferrari. So uh, he drove the wheels off it, and still that was probably third, was the best he could do. I mean, let's be honest, P2 for the rest of the field is, is what everyone else is aiming for because you know Max Verstappen's going to be winning the race. Such is his dominance um, of him personally, but also that Red Bull car that he is at one with it. As much as Sergio Perez is struggling with it, just goes to show the complete and utter class of Max Verstappen to be so far ahead. So everyone else is playing for second. That's why Lewis Hamilton finishing second was so elated. And Charles Leclerc, um, I think he'll be satisfied with third and a pole out of the weekend because he's had some pretty dirty weekends across the year, which we've well documented throughout the season. Hey, Tim, before we talk um, the, the supercars uh, at the Gold Coast, and gee, wasn't there some great racing there? Just a word on Oscar Piastri, because all the, the talks about Ricardo and rightfully with what he's been able to do uh, for Alfa Alpha Tori uh, this weekend in particular, but Oscar Piastri's just put together a nice little block of performances at some of these Formula One races of late. He finished in eighth. Um, what did you make of his drive? Yeah, tremendous. Like to, to be scoring points is, is huge, so a huge tick. Um, but you, you do look at it, his car clearly wasn't um, uh, the best out there. I probably think it wasn't his best showing, and even to the point where his teammate Lando Norris, who started last on the grid, he was actually asked to move over for Norris because Norris had a better race package. So he, he moved over, let Norris pass. So that was probably a good thing. McLaren will have a lot of uh, faith and appreciation for him for, for letting Norris pass, and he was able to then get uh, on and pass Ricardo. Then he was able to go and pass George Russell as well. So uh, Lando Norris was definitely on a fly. Um, so Oscar Piastri, just, you know, hugely significant. He was able to score points again. It's just becoming, uh, he makes Q3 in every qualifying session, which is great, and he's done that consistently now, and he finishes consistently in the top 10 scoring points. So that's a that's a good thing for Oscar because I think that McLaren will be better and better again next year um, to the point where I think it's going to be a race-winning package that he and Lando Norris will have to play with. So that's that's really cool if, um, if Lando Norris and McLaren is vying for race, you know, not only not only points but podiums next year. And if, you know, you're in contention for podiums enough, then race wins will be, be able to be... Um, something that Oscar Piastri can not only dream of, but can go and, go and get next year. 
Tim, the, the supercars at the weekend, gee, Cam Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen, there was literally nothing between them there. What a, um, what a great weekend up on the Goldie. Yeah, and I will say it's a, it is a weekend that supercars desperately needed. Everything, absolutely every single thing supercars has done this year has been wrong. I think only rugby Australia is going worse than them. So they needed a good weekend um, to put aside parity talk, to put aside Van Gisbergen leaving talk, to put aside you know Newcastle 500, their opening event being cancelled last week. Like they needed some good news, and that was some great news. They had two cracking races at one of their showpiece events, the Gold Coast 500. It looked amazing on the streets of Surface Paradise, and the racing was uh, as good as anything you'll see anywhere in the world um, across both days. For Cam Waters to hold off Van Gisbergen on Saturday was uh, enormous for for him, his team, and for Ford fans um, because they've been through so much this year because they haven't been able to win because the parity has just been... These cars have not been equal. So the changes they made during the week reluctantly, I think the sport made finally, um, seemed to work. And then you had David Reynolds and another four team get Grove Racing's first ever supercar win yesterday, which was also really significant. And again, that was uh, a serious battle between um, David Reynolds and Brody Kostecki, who continues to lead the championship with that second place finish yesterday. It's a 131-point advantage, so I think he's heading towards a maiden championship um, on the streets of Adelaide with one event left in, in the supercar season, the Adelaide 500 in, in a few weeks' time. Which will be a great one, always is, uh, when we're in Adelaide. Tim, um, it was a massive weekend of motorsport. Anything else our listeners need to know before I say thank you? I think, I don't know, I'm biased clearly because I like supercars, Jacob, and um, I'm sure you've got uh, a loyal, you know, you've got a loyal sporting audience that a lot of them would go to Barber Gallo every year to watch mm. the supercars. I, I just think over, uh, we just give so much attention in sport to, you know, the Cox Plate, which is just up the road from where I live. You know, over, I think there's about 24,000 people there on Saturday. Um, but the cricket, the soccer was amazing last night over your way. 50, what was it, 59,000 mm. there, um, which was awesome to see for the Matildas. But over 200,000 people went to the Gold Coast 500. Uh, I just think Supercast doesn't quite get the recognition it deserves. Um, so and maybe that's on the sport itself, that it doesn't sell itself well enough to get the media coverage it deserves. But, um, you know, they were amazing crowds. It, it were amazing scenes, and it's the best-looking racetrack on earth. So, yeah, well done to the supercars who, who needed a great win, and finally they got it yesterday. Yeah, and seeing some of the images and some of the footage out of the weekend up there, it looked uh, a great weekend. The weather's always good, and, and you're right, those crowd numbers are reflective of the, uh, the passionate support that supercars still has in this great country. Tim, thanks as always. Great to get your insights. Uh, thanks for joining us on Sport FM first up on a Monday.